Now get ready for the time of your life, cause you are now watching Godhead. everybody welcome to Godcat, the show one of the hosts happened to make friends someone just because of a hot name miku t-shirt i'm your host hydrawave 99 and i'm joined here today with blue falpaca how are you today good i'm good um i uh i don't know i had chinese food today again it's become a staple there we go there we go i mean that's always fun. And we get some General Salas chicken or some boneless bear rib with pork fried rice. The latter, which is my specialty. Me, yeah, but I got the crappy one that, like, no offense to the to this restaurant, but I, I got this one that's like, <laughs> it, it has way too much fat in it, unfortunately. Uh. And uh, I hate those types of, uh, you know, I hate those types of ones when it, when it just has way too much, like, fat on the rib i guess you know right as for myself you know i mean i've been doing pretty good i mean as mentioned in the intro i mean it's been an okay day you know it's been great <laughs> sorry <laughs> fucking slender man uh yeah of course i mean as for me you know i've been doing pretty good you know just been pretty busy and all that stuff and as the intro applied and the shirt I'm wearing, uh, yeah, I wore this to my university and somehow um, the guy, one guy actually found it of note and decided to want to be my friend for some reason. And here we are. Yep. Um, and apparently this guy has a lot of uh, Japanese culture stuff. And um, that's exactly why. And uh, now I have to be worried about two weebs on the show. Well, fortunately, I don't think one of them, that friend that I just made, happened to, well, is a content creator. I don't think he is. You don't have to worry about him being on the show. You might win as being in an audience, but nothing. Yeah. Well, you see, the problem is, is... The thought of it is the thought that counts. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, no, I don't hate anime. Just if, if that person is watching, I, I, don't, I don't, I'm just, I'm just in it for the joke. And but, uh, Slenderman constantly speaking into the shadows. Oh my God, that fucking thing. Holy shit. It, it, every time we're talking, it just hear like, Pow. And it's much louder in real life than it is in the, the recording, apparently, according to what Hydro have said. Um, so, yeah. But it gets worse sometimes. Like, fortunately, you know, I could try to edit it out as time goes on. But unfortunately, I can't really log it constantly enough because right, sometimes it happens way too frequently. Oh, yeah. So, what we just try to do is, as annoying as this is, we just try to make fun of it. Oh, yeah. And hopefully that enough will keep people entertained. 
I mean, at least a little bit. Yeah. Fucking Slender Man. <laughs> How entertaining can that be from 2012? Right. They made a few video games based off of him. And then they, somebody like photoshopped it in the background of like a old black and white photograph. And then uh, the rest is history. Of course. And now we have Slenderman as a meme until I upgrade my computer. Yeah. Um, and you know what's funny is... Uh, the... Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, speaking of Japanese and stuff, um, apparently a lot of creepypasta images are just like they're all just like um, supposed to be like Japanese memes from like the early 90s, apparently. Like, I remember see watching a video where Jeff the Killer, the origin of that photo was some random mask that somebody made uh, as a joke. And then somebody like edited like the eyeballs and stuff and gave it a creepy wide grin. That's interesting. And, and I'm saying this while I'm uh, currently cutting out um, a transparent PNG of Slenderman just to use as a gag later on. So, um, yeah. Fun times ahead. I mean, that's my life. Besides spooky ghosts invading our entire time i mean we also have a new way to get in touch with at least myself hydrowave 99 here it is now through the hydrowave 99 twitter that's right you two can now dm me on twitter for just thanking us for entertaining you guys or you know, just wanting to chat with random things I post on there. And Slenderman oh, yeah. memes. Yeah. Um, where, where is it now? Give me one second. Uh, oh, I didn't. I don't think it worked. One second. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, so... <laughs> Until I can figure out how they get this resolved, we're going to be memeing on this popping noise for a while. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, we have quite a bit going on, you know, between the Hydrogen and Twitter being announced and hope, and I did launch an ad for it, and I hope that one of these days, you know, I will, you know, be able to send these videos over to these guys, and hopefully some of you will come over and say hi. And, you know, I appreciate everybody who's checked out the Twitter post I made and checking it out. Yeah, certainly. And hopefully, yeah, that's all I can necessarily say about that website before rambling on. But besides that, and not having much else to talk about, other than the fact I also got some retro games, such as this lovely Super Mario game for the Atari 2600. And it's the terrible version, apparently. Well, because thing, it's on yeah. the 2600. Well, yeah, because we're talking about way back then when arcade graphics were way more advanced than console graphics. Mm -hmm. So this was not the same exact version, the arcade version, which is technically the same thing that you would see in Slenderman. 
and also, you know, the arcade version that, or, you know, just the version you see in Super Smash Brothers or whatever, that graphic design. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, and now I go to the arcade and all the graphics look like they're from the PlayStation 2. Yeah, literally. They don't have the budget they used to. Yeah. Um. But hey, whatever. Um. Yeah. So with that being said, I mean, we have quite a bit of news today. I mean, we have to talk about, you know, PlayStation Xbox supposedly going to implement ads in the free-to-play games. Uh, some stuff regarding Halo Infinite, some news regarding the Game Boy Advance emulator leak, which I'm sure is going to make a certain alpaca very happy when we talk about that. Yes, yes, yes. I wanted to talk about this, honestly. Um, They saw something. <laughs> and I'm excited because they saw something. But we, we don't have to get into that just right away. There's a few other small minor things yeah. first. Yeah, so, yeah. And we also have more, the never-ending quest of Activision Blizzard news and the story of Bobby Kotick. Which I'm never happy about. No. Uh, <laughs> some more news regarding Elon Musk and Twitter and Google to block third-party calling recording apps. Also, we have some dance lessons from a certain K-pop band that I'm sure... Certain alpaca would love to learn for exercise reasons on Apple Fitness Plus. Don't start. Don't start with the K-pop. <laughs> I, I will mean, fuck you up. And then we have Slender Man still slowly speaking in the background. So with that being said, I think we can get started with the main news and... Hopefully we can get through this fairly quick. And with that being said, uh, we're going to start off with the free-to-play stuff. And before we get to the article of this week, this technically started last week when Microsoft is reportedly wanting to bring as the free-to-play Xbox games. And you can see here that according to a report from Insider, Microsoft is reportedly working on a program They'll let brands showcase advertisements within free-to-play Xbox games, and also Slenderman. Yeah. You can play Slender the Arrival for free. Exactly. Sorry. And they also mentioned how no one exactly knows how they're going to implement, you know, brands, but the source also told Insider that Microsoft doesn't intend to take a cut of ad revenue and will instead allow the game developer and advertising company to share the funds. And they're hoping this will allow a way for free-to-play developers to get attracted to the platform and open up a revenue stream. And also, Microsoft won't use the data it collects from Bing and other services for targeted ads on Xbox. And they say, we are always looking for ways to improve the experience for players and developers, but we don't have anything further to share. The Verge reached out to Microsoft with a request for comment, but the company said it didn't have any additional information to share beyond its statement to Insider. Yeah, so other than Slenderman trying to be very vocal. 
Uh, <laughs> al- Alpaca, I mean, there's this on Xbox side, but also on PlayStation, which was just shown this week. We can see how PlayStation also wants to do the same thing, too. And according to Advertising Insider, Sony wants to encourage developers to create free-to-play games by adding this new way to monetize them beyond microtransactions and battle passes. So what we know about Xbox's program, the goal for Sony is to, for the ads to fit within the rest of the game. Like putting real-life ads on billboards and virtual sports stadiums. So it's also looking into, get this, rewarding players for watching ads and promotions with in-game items, including avatar skins. And comparatively, while we already know Microsoft isn't planning to take a take to take a cut of the revenue, so it's still deciding if it will take a share. As for companies, so it partnered with one source in the report said that Sony has a strict vetting process for selecting ad partners, ruling out any company that collects personal information like email addresses and names. Sony's program is supposed to launch by the end of the year. And yeah, so what do you think of these two companies? tackling the advertising issue and Slenderman being an annoying little oh you know <laughs> um uh I mean I I'm I wouldn't say I'm divided because as long as it's because like but the thing is, is I don't think the strategy would actually work of course I won't tell them that specifically but I don't think it'll work that much but because it'll be like advertisements, like it'll be like, uh, um, I think there was like an Uncharted ad where Nathan Drake was eating like a Subway sandwich, something like that. Yeah, that might work, or, but only very, like, <laughs> like very little. Like actually in game, he would he would he like he would eat instead of it being like a commercial. Right. Like, like I don't know. <laughs> Also, too, I mean, another thing to keep in note, too, is that I know that the Sonic movie even had ties with Olive Garden, of all things. <laughs> they really did? What? Yeah, literally at the end of the original Sonic movie, they actually had gift cards that they handed out to Olive Garden. Uh, in the movie. At the very end. Uh, okay. But um, also, too, I mean, if you think about it, so long as the advertising can fit in the game itself, I can kind of see it not being so much of a problem. Except for Slenderman, yeah. because screw him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> watch, the, watch the video version, you'll see Alpaca just waving a random Slenderman figure. Oh, yeah. Um... Like it was, it's the same one I said I was cropping out, and it's, 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 it's stunning and beautiful and brave. Mm-hmm. Look at this work of JPEG art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways. Uh. Yeah, but I mean, I I understand, you know, ads like in like in the actual like, in an actual video game, you know, like. Uh, brand deals, you know how like uh, there was another like there was another game I think um, it had Pepsi in it. Right. I think it was Shenmue. I'm not sure. Right. But th- there was a game with an actual like um, Pepsi like uh, machine that you could buy from. 
if it's something like that where it exists and you know it's a thing i guess mm. then sure i guess but just i don't know I guess it's an okay way to get like immersed into the game because you'll be driving down through Night City and you'll see a billboard that has like I don't know Pepsi on it or right I don't know absolutely Coca-Cola mm-hmm. or why am I thinking of sodas and Subway okay. I mean I had Subway yesterday but why don't I just like think of like I don't know uh right what's another brand I don't know. Uh, Let's just move on to back to the topic for a little bit, because I have some more points I want to bring out. Uh, Anyways, so what I want to bring up was the fact that if this was like an open world game where you have it in like billboards like that, and suppose if I heard too and read, it, this could be something they'll update live. So like, if one hour time runs out, they could just refresh the hour time on a billboard. So say, for okay. instance, like you're playing Fortnite, right? And next thing you know, there's a billboard and it advertises for a Hase Miku concert. By the next day, that billboard gets refreshed and then it becomes a baby metal concert. See what you did there. You fuck. I mean, all... And- then it refreshes and it's a it's um it's a uh, I don't know um an Adam and Eve ad right provides an adult only game but anyways that's one of the controversies I think will arise if this happens Adam and Eve commercials in Fortnite right or pre pre lobby it's just a row of advertisements on the like uh on the beginning island you know right also too i mean if it's like an open world game like a realistic say like new york city i guess it's working extremely well provided there's also slender man that also wants to ruin our entire recording but we'll make it as entertaining as possible so screw you oh yeah um but also Pop. sorry <laughs> <laughs> also though if it's something to do with loading screens and you know you get stuff after you watch them this is reminding me of like those free-to-play mobile games or certain apps where you have to watch certain things in order to get like a currency or something like that and i freaking despise that i absolutely hate that yeah if it was a, like a loading screen, like, you know how in Fortnite you can customize the loading screens? If it was something like choose to get, like, ad revenue, like, get 10 V-Bucks or 1 V-Buck per advertisement watched or something like that. Instead of having a custom loading banner. Maybe that would work, I guess. You know, one thing, though, is, like, if it's in an open world game, imagine if it was, in, like, in a, like, a Far Cry setting. Like, um... And the billboard is imagining, or is advertising, um, I don't know, it's advertising, uh, what's a brand? Okay, it's advertising, it's advertising almonds, and a certain type of almond brand. Nondescript, not an actual almond brand. But what if that almond brand is on a billboard right next to the bad guy of the game? 
And in this case, with Far Cry 6, uh, the newest bad guy villain is a fascist dictator of a fake version of Cuba. So I could see... El Presidente supports almonds. La Fascista supports almonds, dude. Right. Um, but I, I mean, get, I don't know. I'm just thinking yeah. of all the terrible things. Yeah. Sorry. No worries. But overall, though, I do think this is a rather interesting thing to see. But I hope it just doesn't get too intrusive, because if it's all gonna be on loading screens, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It may sound, you know. Like, almost not invasive, but if it happens all the time, and the currency be also become the drag, then yeah, it's going to be very annoying. Yeah, I understand that. But, however, besides Thunderman also ruining the segment too, because he's going to be a villain throughout this entire episode, and part of last episode too, believe it or not. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. Um, We have to talk about some Halo Infinite news, because... This game is getting more and more marred in controversy because, you know, of a certain output of content that is lacking. <sighs> and as we mentioned plenty of times, we both enjoy the gameplay of the game, but we just wish there was a lot more maps, a lot more things to do. Yeah, I love this game, but it doesn't have enough to offer me to call it something. I understand the multiplayer is free. And I appreciate that they literally made the multiplayer free and actually the gameplay is worth trying at least. If, if, you're, if you're into Halo, it's like the older Halos with a mix of the newer Halos. But if you're just beginning like me, hey, it's actually refreshing compared to like COD where you can, you're just some dude from World War II who can sprint faster than, um, what, what's that sprinter? Um, Usain Bolt, like, <laughs> I can understand a super Spartan from the future. I fucking saw that. <laughs> um, what? I just spurted across the screen. What do you mean? I'm just gonna think it's Roadrunner because it was bluish, but who knows? It might have been another type of bird. <laughs> Anyways, um, what was I saying? Oh yes, um. Uh, alright, so, uh, I can understand a Spartan doing that, and jumping pretty high, like on a moon or something, and surviving a lot of shots, but it's just like, the other, the other part of it, like, they nailed everything that's so difficult to get in a, a lot of modern games, I swear, and yet, there is no content outside of what's already in the game and it's been like nine months almost right right so before we like, get to the roadmap oh. let's actually get to the modes they announced and we got a few modes first is king of the hill this is essentially there's a point on the map and the two teams battle out the second mode they announced is land grab this is where there are three neutral zones, and when a player captures the zones, it is locked and gets their team one point each. When all the zones are captured, then there's an intermission before three new neutral zones spawn. First team to score 11 points, win. So this is a similar to another mode that I know Alpaca especially knows of. 
And Do I look like I know what a JPEG is? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love King of the Hill. It's a great dry humor show. Uh, oh, no, it's it's like domination kind of, but yeah. they move. Yep. And then lastly, there's the other mode. The one I think is the main highlight of this. Last Spartan Standing. This is a pseudo battle royale, but more of an elimination match, more so. And supposedly, according to rumors, they're saying there's going to be an actual battle royale at some point later. We don't know when. But essentially, this build, what it is, it's a free for all experience with 12 players building on a big team battle map. And there's a compile loadout and five respawns. Once you lose your lives, it's over. And as you get kills in the match, you can also upgrade to different weapons. Very much like Escalation Slayer. Right, for those who played but, older Halo games. But it's um, more like you have a certain amount of lives and you're on a big team battle and it's survival of the fittest free-for-all with limited respawns. You... you get better weapons as you progress and um i don't know if you're forced to upgrade or if you, if you don't have to because it says they can yeah, it doesn't mean they have to, to upgrade okay because like to. i mean i understand getting stuck with like the sidekick or getting stuck with like the hbk 78 i guess but i wouldn't want to be stuck with like the m41 <laughs> right um yeah, so I think these are all some really cool modes. My only issue is that for the last mode, there aren't a lot of big team battle maps. There's like only like two or three. Yeah, and... I can see why that that get a bit boring. I mean, the change in gameplay does help, and of yeah. course, like I, like we just mentioned, they have solid gameplay. But the the map availability, I understand that. There's that desert one, there's the forest one, and then there's like, ah, uh, there's another forest one. Yeah, there's not many. The big pit. Yeah, there's not many, but I do think these are some good additions. I mean, any addition will help. I mean, once we get forged, I think the lifetime availability of this game could then really skyrocket. Because you have to rely on 343. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that's the most interesting is the roadmap. Now, if you go down to around, there's an image that'll pop up. You'll see the image and allow you to, to click on the image and zoom in. No, Slenderman, you can't be part of this, so screw you. I mean, if you look at that, uh, those uh, warthogs, if you look at the one, the blue one, it looks like Slenderman with a red tie, but it's actually two, like, dragons. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to point that out. That's but if fun. you look on, on that warthog in the front, <laughs> it looks like an optical illusion, and I'm sorry. Whatever. Game ruins. Yeah, so click on the image and take a look at the roadmap. And you'll notice that the season lasts till November, and this is supposed to be coming out in May 3rd. So you can see here that this season will last till November 7th from May 3rd. So 
Yeah. June, July, August, September, October, November. The season's lasting six months. And we only have two maps. I want to ask you, so Catalyst, remember before how I mentioned that it looked like that Halo 3 map? Mm-hmm. Is, now that we got a slightly different angle for it, does this look any more like it, or is it a completely separate map? It does still look similar to a Halo 3 map, but I think it's not the exact same thing. It's definitely not. Okay, then. It may be similar, but not exactly. And then we have Breaker, yeah. which... Yeah, it's that map that's supposed to split in half after some point in time. But anyways, you can see down below, there's a new battle pass, uh, a new, you know, entrenched fracture event, uh, campaign network co-op. Supposedly it's going to come out late August, which that's going to be a while away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and also, like- yeah, look at this campaign mission replay. Late August, Forge Open Beta, September Target. Ouch. Uh, of course, they have to put Target. Mm-hmm. Ouch. So we're not going to see Forge till September. So again, June, July, August, September. Four months. Yeah. If I, I, did, if I did that binary finger counting, one two, three. I'm not going to find middle finger, but middle finger is four. Oh. Okay, and, then. But, anyways, you know, I don't want to, I mean, yeah. it sound harsh, because Halo Infinite is truly a fun game to play. I really enjoy it. But, yeah, personally, I think it's going to be like a Halo 2 sort of situation. I heard that that, that game came out like, it was delayed a lot, but it came out, like, fine wine. Mm. And, um, in that, in that video that I was watching about it, it was compared to Destiny 1, where Destiny 1 was, like, um, quite rushed. I don't know. I don't have any time to explain why I don't have time to explain, so. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, looking at this, this is a very slow output of content, and I swear to God... I hope that 343 is able to hire more staff. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wish the staff the best in trying to make this game as amazing as possible. And with the core gameplay as good as it already is, I'm sure they'll make it wonderful. But I hope that they'll be able to add more maps soon. Beyond the two that we see here. I wish there was like 10 more maps. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the problem is, yeah, you have the break gameplay. You're starting to get a lot more modes. We just need maps. Yeah. If you had like 10 or 20 more maps, maybe 10, you know, like 10 small arena maps and 10 big team battle maps. I feel like that would go a long way. Yeah. So personally, I think like, um, you know, like six, six months is a, is a, a long time you know and only two maps that's a bit that's that's that like these maps better be spectacular you know personally i feel like though what they should do is you know with six months 
give or take with you know going home and you know doing off time breaks with employees i guess you know whatever let's say we're really giving them like four months maybe or something i you know personally i i'm just like i i think they should spend those months at least you know make one really good big team battle map or two maybe and spend time with four smaller maps that are you know that still have that halo theme to them but aren't like you know not ones that are just okay you know i mean a good map design is uh you gotta be a bit more inspired but i mean just like having a soda can on a desk you could easily make turn that into a map with a little bit of inspiration. What if that soda can, instead of you sucking out the, the soda, the soda sucks you? Absolutely. That is one way to look at it. And hopefully once you get that forge mode, then Alpaca can totally make that map a reality. Yeah, without a doubt. Honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's really all i got i just i wish the best for the game i love the gameplay but i need a reason to go back to it that isn't just like uh slayer with you know of course we gotta kill people with, with this with the game you know of course but uh have something a bit more to the objective i guess or uh instead of just a bunch of slayer modes right i hear you but one other thing that happened this week, too, is the fact that Nintendo was hit with a labor complaint. Oh. And as we can see here, it's saying an unnamed worker is alleging that Nintendo and a firm uses for hiring contractors violated their legally protected right to unionize, according to a new filing with the National Labor Relations Board. And some people are wondering, why does this matter? Well, according to this article here, this complaint, which filed on Friday, brings one of the most successful gaming companies into the increasingly active conversation about workers' rights in the sector. Think how Activision Blizzard prevented Raven from unionizing. Mm -hmm. And as you can see here, the allegations state that Nintendo of America and Global Hiring Firm Ashton Carter engage in concerted activities and make coercive actions against a worker interfering with their legally protected right to organize. The exact claims of what happened are unclear because the publicly posted docket the complaint lists broad changes but doesn't describe what is said to have occurred. Also, too, it does indicate the allegations are likely to include claims of surveillance, threats, retaliation, and either a layoff or refusal to hire. Also saying Nintendo America, which is based Redmond Washington is a division of the Kyoto-based gaming giant. Yes, we know that. And, yeah, just looking at this, I mean, this is a pretty severe complaint. Yeah, because isn't unionizing, although it's, you know, a bit of a no, no word for, like, the CEO higher-ups, it's a thing you can legally do and create right like without any sort of like like attack against it or attack retaliation i guess right correct yeah and 
Yeah, so it's to mention how Nintendo has, at least publicly, largely avoided any of the scandals rocking the industry, which obviously includes a certain company that has a CEO that, you know, he likes to roast on. Yes, I love to. Mm-hmm. Even though, uh, um, even though, um, it's, it, it's like, it's like eating cake that's sickly sweet. It feels good to roast him, but my blood sugar might be really high afterwards. <laughs> right. However, it's also mentioned from Stephen Taltia, who also wrote the other article, that Nintendo told him who filed the NLRB complaint was a complaint was a contractor who they say leaked confidential information and was dismissed only for that reason. Nintendo is not aware of any attempts to unionize or related activity. So you can see this excerpt that he posted here. We are aware of the claim, which was filed with the National Labor Relations Board by a contractor who was previously terminated for the disclosure of confidential information and for no other reason. Nintendo is not aware of any attempts to unionize or related activity and intends to cooperate with the investigation conducted by NLRB. Nintendo is fully committed to providing a welcoming and supportive work environment for all our employees and contractors. We take matters of employment very seriously. And yeah, you can also see that. And I'm also happy here. Yeah. So essentially, he says that apparently there's a lot of people who reach out about Nintendo since Tuesday's labor fight story and more reported. But yes. Um, what do you think of all this? Who do you think is in the right in this situation? Well, if it is completely true that this person, um, you know, would leak something confidential, uh, you know, that is like, of course, they are in the right to dismiss especially a contractor like somebody who's not really who's it's more of an odd job sort of thing right mm-hmm. um so i understand that you know that's that's almost like uh having somebody you know having somebody work for you and then they're like oh, yeah by the way um doxes and then leaves blocks from all social media and stuff yeah, that's a bit, uh, you know, of course, it's a bit suspicious. But um, if it's to meddle in a possible effort to unionize, then of course, yeah, they're in the wrong um, when it comes to Nintendo. Uh, and, and you know. Um, I did look a bit more into the comments, and some people are theorizing about how um, a certain something that's happening that we're going to talk about um, after this might have collided with. But I'll talk about that afterwards. But the the gist of it is what happened, what has happened in this next article that we're going to talk about happened before or happened after this person was fired right so let's get to that now and that is yeah that 
apparently the Nintendo's official Game Boy Advance emulator for the Switch leaked. And we can look at the first image here. Oh, wait. I shouldn't show this. But, yeah. I should oh, yeah. clarify <laughs> that I'm going to probably put a demonetized box over it, but we don't want to show anything that could potentially be a leak. So, we'll link to the sources down below. But just know that this is all stuff that we will not, you know, show on screen. Yeah, we're we're not gonna show it on screen out of, um, I wouldn't say respect, but out of uh, uh, fear that uh, something could be uh, taken down purposefully, uh, which would be an official emulator of some sort. We're going to censor all this, but pretty much what this shows is a few things, a few certain some things, like a Game Boy Advanced Advanced emulator um, for a certain console that they have, mm -hmm. an official one. And if you it, go down in the description and click on the link for Trash Bandit Bandit Coot status. Mm -hmm. If you look at the kind of, you know, just before the bottom left, you look up a little bit and you might see a little something that I... Okay, so Golden Sun. If you don't know me, this game was, I wouldn't say my childhood because there's a lot of things in my childhood, but this is one of the games that I loved for some reason you know it was a pretty fun rpg it was kind of like an open world game before you know you could i don't know explore a 3d world it was like i don't know it was like really cool and um <clears throat> give me one second so there's two books to golden sun there's book one and book two book one is where you play as isaac and his friends and you're sent to i don't know light uh lighthouses there's like this magic energy called synergy or something um and uh i don't know there, there's a few like more mature elements to it that are like I don't know I just I love the game and when you're done with Golden Sun book one you get a you get a password and you wait two years and you buy the lost age or you buy it right now because it's not 19 something um, or 2000 um, and then on the lost age you input that password and later on when you meet up with Isaac, because you play as um, one of the semi-antagonist protagonists, and if you meet you meet Isaac later on in the game, everything that you had in Golden Sun One is carried over automatically, and that so there's that, and if you did not play Golden Sun One. Certain events in Golden Sun 2, or Golden Sun The Lost Age, won't happen. 
if you don't input that password. So it's it's like DLC before DLC if you bought the original game. And it's just like fucking mind-blowing. And I don't know why it's mind-blowing because it's just a fucking password, but holy crap! I, I, I don't know. I loved it. I loved the characters. And it was fun. And also, if you said no one too many times, the old guy in your party would get angry at you once you found Atlantis. So, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, uh, the list of games they have for the Game Boy Advance that they have here is really enticing. Like, you could see on here, like, they have, like, various, like, they have Mario Kart Super Circuit, Mega Man Battle Network 2. Why not one? I have no idea. Uh, they also have Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Bros. 3, which is like a Game Boy Advance remake of Mario 3. They have, I hope they don't have I hope they don't have the uh, Super Mario Bros. 2 for the Game Boy Advance. I don't want to hear Toad screaming in my ear every time I pick up a fucking plant. Like he sounds like he sounds like um What's the singer to ACDC? <laughs> um, he sounds like him, but screaming Infernal Death Noises version. <laughs> All right. There's also Super Mario Advance 3. We have Mega Man Zero 3. Why not the other ones? I don't know. There's also, of course, the Gold Sun game that we just talked about. Kirby and the Amazing Mirror. We got Castlevania Aria Soro. Fire Emblem Sacred Stones. Astro Boy Omega Factor. There's like a ton of different games on this service that they, this leak supposedly contains. And if all these are true, I mean, oh, and of course, Pokemon Pinball. I love that game. That was a jam. But imagine if this list is true and Alpaca gets Switch. He can play Golden Sun on the TV. Yes, and I can actually let's play it and enjoy Camelot. Before they were, before they were relegated to playing, uh, or making Mario sports games. Of course. It it feels like. It it feels like they were like, I don't know, they they were, um, put into a, a trade, and now they're just doing things that aren't good. <laughs> right. Anyways. Yes. I think at this point we can start moving on to official content that sure is a bit re relegated to speculation territory, but my God, I'm sure Alpaca can go on and on about a whole golden Dun discussion if he wanted to. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. I, I you know that. And, um, I also want to bitch about how the, uh, the wind mountain, whatever it was called, <laughs> um, in the desert, I think there was like a wind mountain and it was, it was like a maze <laughs> and I hated it. I'm not sure everybody else did too, but speaking of mazes. Yes. Uh, we have to talk about how Sonic origins got announced and personally, I am very excited for this game. I am a huge Sonic fan and a nerd and seeing these classic games, which actually the Christian Whitehead versions, which actually are the enhanced versions of these classic games that have like additional features and stuff like that is really exciting. Let alone Sonic 3 and Knuckles, because that game hasn't been brought over to modern platforms in a while, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, maze part, 
um, we'll get into, but I, you know, even though I never really played Sonic that much, I think I played like a, a plug and play battery operated one where you plug the controller into the AV like uh, ports on the on the TV. <laughs> And it was Sonic and Knuckles, but I think that was like a bootleg, to be honest. Um, it, it's it's in a sense game preservation, but with a redefined aspect to it, not too dissimilar to well any other old game being ported to a you know to the PC or such and such, you know. Right, but let's just scroll down a little bit here because. As you can see, you've got some new animations and new artwork modes and all this other cool stuff. I mean, I'm really excited for this. And then you get to this lovely little chart. Which is the maze. What is this? Why is there DLC in my Mega Drive Genesis fucking... What? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, um, so let's just try to weave this maze a little bit for those who don't know what's going on. Um, so... What were they thinking? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> literally. Um, as you can see here, uh... So, we're just gonna disregard the, 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 these two things here for now. Uh, then just know that, you know, you get for the standard edition, you get the main game, and that's about it. But by getting, by procuring the game, you get 100 bonus coins. You get mirror mode already unlocked, so you don't have to actually play the game in order to unlock it, you just get it right away. And you get this lovely letterbox background. And then, oh yeah, just note that deluxe edition comes with everything. So you don't have to worry about this as much. And eventually they're going to do the what they call the premium fun pack. This comes with hard missions, the letterbox background, character animation in the title menu, camera controls over the main menu islands, and character animation during music islands. And then the classic music pack is entirely separate. But again, if you get the digital deluxe version, come with everything what's the cost for pre-order oh my god it's 40 bucks now what about digital deluxe uh pay five bucks and you get all the dlc oh wow i feel like i'm at like the water park right <laughs> i got the season pass sorry for me i'd probably get this for I might buy this three times, get one for my Xbox, one for Steam, and then maybe when the Switch version's available, I'll get it for Switch as well. You're a fucking madman. Well, maybe at least two times. Yeah, at least two times. The Steam version's a maybe, but I'll definitely get it for Xbox and Switch, probably. I would get it for the Steam and the Switch, not the Xbox, because at least with the Steam, you'll be able to play it when your Switch is outdated and so is your Xbox. Just saying. <laughs> right. Um, you want to set it up like that Genesis you have over there. 
Yes, the Genesis with Sonic 3 and Knuckles already in the cartridge slot. For some reason, I thought that poster said cut cunt, and I was like, am I seeing shit? <laughs> Sorry. I think the thing that below it is actually columns. I don't know if you saw it, if it was the game. Yeah, that might have made me think that. I... My brain's been fucked up since, uh, I don't know. Right, so overall, I mean, again, I am really looking forward to this, but I understand this chart's very confusing. It's, I don't know why we have to deal with this chart. Yeah, personally, I don't understand it. Just, like, I don't understand why you'd have to, like, the premium fun pack, um... I understand if there's DLC missions like that were not in the original games, but well, like with hard missions, I mean. But if if they're just like a hard mode for the original levels, like I mean, I mean mirror mode is kind of that already, right? Because mirror mode is just an inverse of the levels. Right, but however. You um you can unlock that in game. Yeah. So, why? What are hard missions? Are they like a separate thing? And um. Yeah. As far as because as far up here, excuse me. If you look, if you scroll up a little bit, see how there's a mission menu. Yeah. That's what that is. There are bonus tasks you can complete. Okay. You can see it right in the, like the. The second second row, second column. Yeah. That's what the mission mode is. I see. Um, but anyways. But yeah, overall, this is pretty cool. But, I mean, obviously, I, I mean, this, this almost doesn't matter for Sega because they're getting my money anyways. Oh, yeah. And I will probably pick it up just because, um, I don't know, it's, it's... It's fine by me, you know, I never really was too into Sonic, but that doesn't mean I can't start now, you know, especially since there's movies coming out and stuff that, you know, I, I, Sonic might actually be something to get into. You know, I know that there's like a bit, bunch of joke memes and all that stuff and chili dogs and whatnot, but um, honestly... Sonic's an okay character. You just made my bobblehead very happy that you said that, that you would be willing to try his games. Well, I mean, at, at this point, I feel like I'm being, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm being too generous. Then. I mean, also, you might have made my Sonic pop figure that's still in the box happy. That's good. Um, you know, I thought... I have yet to watch the video, but I think, I think a certain someone that I like hates Funko Pop figures. So uh, I gotta watch that video afterwards and roast it even more. I'm gonna I'm gonna DM him on Twitter and ask him, "Hey Mudahar, do you do you do you hate um, rubber duck anime too?" Anyways, you were saying? Yes, um, I'll go put this back up. Sorry. <laughs> I'll just go put that off to the side. If we're going to move on to the other part of the second news. And that's, we might have an idea as to what games are part of the Super Game Project. 
Oh, yes. Yes, this. Um, so, the rumors say that the that the two first these two games are Crazy Taxi, which that's going to be a fun one to see how they're going to make that big. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and then also, if you scroll down somewhere around here, there's also Jet Set Radio. Let's see, where is it? Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. And I guess it doesn't mention, specifically mention. Oh, yeah. Sega creating big budget reboots of past hits, Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio. And they mentioned that the Crazy Taxi is still two to three years away, despite being developed for over a year. So it's going to be a while before we see this potential game. But there's four games, supposedly. Which means, I mean, one of them could be Seaman Breath of the Wild. You're a son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> so, maybe, yes, actually. Alpaca, what do you think will be the new super game that Sega and Microsoft are developing? Seaman Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Anyways, um, so, um, <laughs> um, they also said one of them's a first person shooter, too, so that could be interesting to see. Shadow the Hedgehog, relive and reloaded. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my god, you're trying to make Shadow the Hedgehog now a first person shooter character? Ouch. I mean, I'd say a joke, but I feel like it'd be way too offensive about Shadow of the Hedgehog, so I'm not gonna. But Shadow of the Hedgehog with pumped up kicks playing in the background. Anyways, um, so, um, <laughs> anyways, moving on. Um, uh, I don't know. You know, if they do, if they do that, uh, Mr. Fishy, um, with a photoshopped face on it, um, then, um, I'll be very happy. Um, but if not, then, um, you know, what What if they, like, I don't know, uh, have they, is it, like, I wonder if it's going to be, like, a, all reboots or if it's going to be, um, like, a, a revise of what they, of what they, you know, what they have. So I'm just going to look up Sega FPS games and, okay. It's not really going to be anything. Um, yeah, they don't really have much in the way I see. They've got, like, uh, something called Astron Belt. Yeah, second, and you're thinking too much in the Western sense, because Japanese developers haven't really developed Delve much in the first-person shooter genre. Then maybe Metalhead, because Metalhead looks like, uh, looks, it looks like, uh, I don't know. Looks pretty cool. Um, right, it's not gonna be a reboot. Of, it's not gonna be a reboot of a first IP that Sega has because they don't have any. I see. So right, I would well. start to ignore first person shooters from any of the Japanese developers because they don't really have anything. But what if they give Edge Lord Sonic emo a gun, dude, and say, "Look through the eyes that, behind blue eyes, Limp Biscuit edition." Sorry. <laughs> I mean, that could be the only exception to the rule, but honestly, looking at this, I mean, Jet Set Radio is gonna be interesting to see if this actually is a thing because the soundtrack for that 
this is gonna be very interesting, and so is Crazy Taxi. Oh yeah. I imagine they made this like a Crazy Taxi reboot. It's like a oh, it feels like a total remake. You got the whole soundtrack from the original Crazy Taxi right in this game. Mm-hmm. Along with like the sequel, because there is a Crazy Taxi too. It's on Xbox. Yeah, and I I think there's a third game as well. Yeah, they had a couple of mobile reboots and shit for that. Yeah. I would say if you get the soundtrack for all the, these games, and then along with some new tracks, that'd be pretty interesting to see. I mean, I mean, there's also a chance that we could just get some Green Day tracks. That'd be fun. <laughs> I, you, you, you popped my um, airheaded bubble when you said Green Day tracks. What, what were you saying? Yes, I mean, if we can get, maybe if you can get some, like, punk artists you could probably get on there, maybe Green Day, possibly, uh, you could, yeah. you could probably get maybe early All-American Rejects, I think, like, Dirty Little Seeker, something could be pretty fun to jam out to, but just, like, any sort of, like, punk rock sort of music would be really good for this sort of game reboot. I do not want to see much, I personally would not like to see much rap. Considering punk rock has been in that series DNA for too long. Yeah, but I feel like if it's a reboot or something, then they might change a few things and allow some rap through. Like maybe, maybe like 90s, like sort of hip hop ish sort of. <laughs> that. Yeah, because I'm going to be honest, like, uh, I actually don't mind that sort of like. I'm not sure if it's really that, but it's like, like I don't mind rap that's like, uh, you know, more hip hop ish. I don't mind it, but if it's like, honestly though, like mumble mode from Lego Star Wars, uh, then I don't like it. But I was gonna you say, know. honestly, I think hip hop makes more sense for Jet Set Radio. Yeah, that's or they could. That, that's yeah. a Jet Set Radio thing. I don't think Crazy Taxi would delve too much into that. I think that's a Jet Set Radio thing. Which, I wonder how that's going to work, considering the fact that you can't play the original ones on Xbox because of licensing with music. Oh, yeah. Or they could, like, delve into Death Rock and... I don't know. Misfits? I don't know. <laughs> this duck right here might answer your questions on that front. I I will I will corrupt that duck with Daft Punk. <laughs> she will know and and she will become the jukebox um which really what that means is I'm going to drill like a, a a hole in it and then uh, shove a Bluetooth speaker in it and create a hole for the USB to plug into it. <laughs> right. Um, well, maybe we might not be able to, you know. I mean, then again, these games could potentially be preserved with new modern grading from our good friends over at Wado. And by good friends, I mean ripoff artists. <laughs> I'm giving you an F. F in chat, bro. Yeah, so... Ladies and gentlemen, uh, apparently WADA is going to start grading modern games. 
and they're gonna it's gonna include seventh generation and all video games. And this is including PS3, PS4, PS5, DS, Switch, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X games. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why this is a thing. I mean, I can understand maybe the 7th generation, considering a lot of those games are going to become less common. But why? Um, money. Yeah, that. It's And it's probably, it. like, money laundering. I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> I mean... I don't know why that's a thing. It's stupid. I think you can agree with me, too, on this one. So what we're uh, going to see is just... Imagine just a random Xbox Series X game. Like, maybe someone's going to buy a sealed copy of the Xbox One version. And this one sealed copy of this game is going to be worth $2,000. Yeah. Now, um... Now, um... About that, uh... What... Amount would you give me for a sealed mint copy of E.T. for the Atari 2600? I wonder what their modern grading would be for that. Honestly, if we think about the fact that a good chunk of it was actually found in that landfill. So that actually did that actually is a real thing, by the way, that landfill. Yeah, I know. It's a very popular uh, story. I've heard of it on many occasions, and I'm like, you put plastic in a landfill, just harvest the gold from the cartridges and melt it and make like Make somebody happy, melt it, and make like three D print like a, uh, 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 like a an E T. <laughs> and, and like right. paint it. All right, and now it's a legit thing. So it was dug up and it's confirmed to be real. So Atari actually buried a bunch of E T copies in a landfill. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So that game is probably worth quite a bit still. But yeah, I mean. I think the next time I try and find Atari games, I want to target Pac-Man and E.T. just to have as part of gaming history. Um, under my bed, I think I actually have a box for Atari games. I'm going to go see if E.T. is in them afterwards. And if it is, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it's a common game. Like E.T. and Pac-Man are actually com barely common. Man, I wonder why. Hmm. Much like how cyberpunk is counted really commonly. Hmm. Yeah. Um. But speaking of which, what if you could say earn something while you're playing your video games? Because ladies and gentlemen, Square Enix and Activision Blizzard have piqued some interest in this category. So what a lot of websites do already sometimes Oh, you'll see. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have two companies, Square Enix and Blizzard. 
And according to Square Enix's president, Yosuke Matsuda, he wants to create play-to-earn blockchain games. Because in a new interview with Yahoo Japan, he said he believed that focusing only on traditional games would not be enough for the company going forward. He described his vision for titles in which users would create content and be rewarded for their work. And apparently he's previously said that Core Enix could create its own cryptocurrency. And they mentioned, in the future, we'd like to try our hand at providing autonomous game content. Until now, most games we provide the content as a finished product, and the players played that content. However, there are a certain number of players in the world who want to contribute to making games more interesting by creating new settings and ways of playing. And then he also added, in the future, we want to utilize the power of these people to create games that will continue to evolve. If instead of relying on goodwill... We can also provide incentives to those who contribute to the development by utilizing technology such as blockchain, one of Alpaca's favorite words. No, it isn't. <laughs> There's a possibility that innovative and create interesting content can be created from the ideas of users. Yeah, so... I mean, looking at Square Enix here, they are full speed ahead on this. We are seeing what they are doing now. But I have a feeling within the next like year or two, we'll fully see the fruits of their labor. Yeah, I can't wait to play um, Final Fantasy XIV online while also um, having Cloud uh, be mining a, uh, I mean, not Cloud, uh, whoever the, I don't know. I'd love to play Final Fantasy VII, and as long as it's connected to the internet, and it's online only. I can now, instead of actually playing the game, have Cloud go into a coal mine and mine Bitcoin. It'll be new and innovative gameplay, dude. Right. And what, <laughs> Sorry. Right. But this will mean that if you've seen some of these... I, I don't think Final Fantasy XIV confirmed to not have this technology, so we're not going to see it in Final Fantasy XIV. Wherever the next online Final Fantasy game is going to be, we'll probably have this. Yeah, we'll, we'll use our buster pickaxes and mine the Bitcoin from uh, Final Fantasy uh, XXIII coming this fall. Not really. Right. I have a feeling that if Final Fantasy XVI isn't... Because I know Final Fantasy XVI is an offline game. But if it's Final Fantasy 17, that's going to be the online one. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But I'm sure they're going to come up with their own IPs or whatever to make unique blockchain games. Like, hey, yeah. you play this certain thing, you get this little reward. And this reward is something you can add to your open, like your open C wallet. Yeah, I guess... I guess that's okay. It's just, I don't want to agree to somebody, you know, what I mentioned earlier was how websites mine your, like, GPU for Bitcoin. That was, like, a JavaScript thing, I think, like, back in, like, 2017. And, like, it got a lot of light to it. So I'm like, what if the, what if these games will do the same thing as that? It's like, oh, the headaches. I Do I have to accept the terms of service on that? 
also, uh, Blizzard. No. <laughs> uh, no. God, no. So, as spotted by Game Rant, several players were asked to complete a YouGov survey this week at the mentioned the polarizing technologies. One section of the survey. Polarizing technology. What the fuck? Polarizing. Is that the fucking word you describe this? It's a fucking secure socket that's just like, oh, hey, this is worth value because we say so. <laughs> Watching as Alpaca goes insane and Slenderman is not going insane in the background. But, anyways, uh, one section of the survey asked participants how itched they would be if crypto NFTs were introduced to Activision Blizzard properties. Along with more conventional features such as crossplay, VR, and subscription services. Crossplay, yes, do it. Yeah. We'll be able to trade Bitcoin over the, you know, I'll be able to buy, um, I'll be able to buy this new crazy taxi on my Nintendo Switch from my PC. However, it'll be amazing. Mike Ivara, who is the president of Blizzard, not Bobby Connick, that's the president of the overall company, but Mikey Barr is the president of the Blizzard division. He has no one is doing NFTs. Yeah, responding to the story, Blizzard president Mikey Barr has claimed the company will not launch NFTs. Um. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, yay. And if you scroll down a little bit more, all the way. Uh, I saw Ubisoft Quartz. Well, not only that, but you could see someone screenshotted the survey. Yeah. And he says, so it's from according to Ot at Otanaka. He screenshotted this. So it sees Activated Blizzard is trying to see if players are interested in crypto and NFT games. I got a survey from them, and it is on the survey. I said very disinterested in them. And apparently, according to the Game Developers Conference's annual state of game industry report, which asked over 2,700 game developers about their work, the majority of those surveyed have no interest in them. Yeah, it's okay. 70% of response replied, not interested. So, yeah. Essentially... Not many companies are interested, and it looks like Activision Blizzard, uh, well, at least the Blizzard side, is not very interested. So we see one company that is very bullish about this, and another that isn't, as far as we could tell. Okay. So um, what do you think these of these two contrasting tales of Square Enix and Blizzard? <sighs> okay, so um, with the Square Enix thing, you know what? I I I guess it's okay-ish, not really, but yeah, whatever. I guess I I mean, if you're if I'm earning something from playing a game, it like it's not what a game is, kind of. You're you're doing a repetitive task with slight differences to earn something right and then you're doing repeating that repetitive task a little bit harder with extra things added to it and it just keeps on going till there's like a climax and then falling action um 
I mean, I guess I'm okay with it, but when it comes to like, um, I don't know. Do I have to accept the fact that I would be earning, like, would I would I be earning like in-game currency from it? Like, would it would it be like mining my GPU and saying, hey, by the way, here's some credits, like you mentioned, you know, it go to your OpenSea account, um, or wallet, I guess. Um, and as far as uh, you know, the Blizzard thing as well. If this poll says that 70% were not interested at all, and it's, that's an overwhelming majority, that's 20% over half, and 21% over people who are meh about it, or somewhat interested, I guess, Mike Yabara confirming that no one is doing NFTs, you know, that, I don't know, it just... Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Right. Well, he's saying for now. Yeah, right now, as you can see, he's claiming that they're not working on it, but that could mean anything. For all, yeah. For all I know, maybe there's something in the background that they're just experimenting with, and they're not going to say that what their final results are. Unlike Ubisoft, who's been very vocal about this, and at Square Enix as well, and Konami and Atari. Maybe they're waiting for the tide to shift a bit, so NFTs are less of a hated thing thanks to Ubisoft being a bit too pessimistic and very um, uh, stuck in this is acceptable sort of, you know, thing. Like, they don't listen to... They say that these people are very passionate, and they're so passionate that they hate it sort of thing, which... I mean, yay. I'm, gl I'm glad we're passionate about hating things, I guess. But that's not a good thing, actually. Oh, definitely not. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Right. I mean, at least they're not, uh, I guess, censoring, I guess. Like, critical things that could be legal, I guess. Yeah, so let's get on to this next, like, continue the Blizzard talk. And this time, we're shifting from Blizzard to Activision Blizzard the entirety. Okay, never mind. They are censoring critical legal information. Shit. Um. Yeah, so let's get on with this. So, you can see this woman, Cheryl Sandberg. She is the chief operating officer of Facebook. And supposedly what happened is that she was reportedly part of a pressure campaign to prevent Daily Mail from publishing an unfair report about Activision Blizzard CEO... Bobby Kotick, according to a Wall Street Journal article published on Thursday. Allegedly. Yes. And... And now Facebook is reviewing whether Sandberg violated the company's rules. Sandberg and Kotick were actually dating at the time, in that she reportedly contacted the digital edition of the mail in 2016 and 2019 about shelving a story about a temporary restraining order from a former girlfriend of Kotick's obtained against him in 2014. The journal cited unnamed sources involved in the article and the campaign to stop it. Sandberg and Kotick reportedly worked with a team, including Facebook Activision employees, to devise a strategy to convince the Mail not to publish the article. Sandberg's advisors were worried it could reflect poorly on her due to reputation advocating for women. And obviously... We can see all this stuff over here. And yeah. 
that's one part of the situation. Another thing that happened is that the judge dismissed the class action against Activision Blizzard's sexual harassment probe. And supposedly, a California judge did, at the time the article written, granted Activision Blizzard's motion to dismiss a class action lawsuit filed by investors who asserted the company misled the most sexual harassment allegations at the company, including probed by the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and California Department of Fair Employment and Housing. First reported by Bloomberg Law, the judge ruled that the plaintiffs failed to meet the threshold to pursue their claims under the federal securities law. And yeah, so essentially what they're saying here too is first filed in August 2021, which we were around during that time by a group of individual investors that include Jeff Ross and Gary Chang. They alleged that EEOC and DFEH probes were intentionally downplayed by Activision in SEC filings, which calling them routine. But the judge argued these investors claims to be an example of fraud by hindsight, where companies which suffer bad outcomes are unfairly accused of having been able to predict them. Plaintiffs contend that the media's reaction to news of the regulatory investigations and defendant statements in response to the DFEH action belies any notion that the regulatory investigations were ordinary or routine. But such allegations contain such allegations constitute fraud by hindsight and absent particularized. Temporal facts are insufficient to support claims of securities fraud. So pretty much what it looks like it's saying is that they dismissed it. It's not going to continue forward. Because they view that their claims are insufficient. And also, in the continuing ever-growing saga Activision Blizzard, Raven QA Union vote removes forward with NLRB approval. And as we can see here, as reported by the Washington Post, the National Labor Relations Board had ruled that Raven Software's 21-person Quality Assurance Unit can move forward with the vote to unionize. And, as you can see here, it also mentions the NLRB rejected that logic, and all four and part-time QA workers at Raven have until May 20th to return their ballots with a count taking place on May 23rd. And they say that the Raven studio head, Brian Raffel, indicated to staff that the company would host a town hall regarding the process. I mean, yeah, look at all this news. I mean, what do you think of all the stuff that's going on with the company? I don't care. <laughs> um, okay, so the first thing with the uh, Sandberg thing... Uh, <laughs> I mean, so this was this is somebody. Uh, what is it? Um, this is somebody uh, telling um, you know the Daily Mail isn't really reputable, anyways, right? Like compared to others, right? I would still say it's a reputable source. I mean, our charts. Our media biases charts, we haven't really gotten to see if they are, but I would assume they're pretty reliable. But okay. Well, then, um, then, yeah, there's probably reason to believe, I guess, then. But So, what she's trying to do is, um, so, they said, um, 
don't uh, she, she said don't uh, publish this thing um, because you're gonna make my um, my boyfriend or whatever look bad and I advocate for a woman so that's that is that kind of how it goes because if that's the case then that kind of says a bit about her compared to you know I mean I understand she probably wants to seem inclusive and stuff and that's okay I guess but you don't have to you gotta be genuine I guess you know <sighs> but it says that it never happened, I guess. The conflicting accounts, blah, blah, blah. Just, I don't know. I don't care. It's it's nothing that would affect anything substantially, I feel. Um, as far as the dismission, the, the, the dismission, dismissing, I can't speak. As, as far as this second one, it's... Um, like I said, it doesn't change anything. I swear, it doesn't really change anything. Right, because it's mostly impacts investors not receiving the full information of their investment. So the way it's actually screwing over shareholders of the company. Yeah, it it's... Yeah, I guess. The third one, however, I think is probably, based off what you're thinking, is the most impactful. Because they can unionize, that means they can fight off any corporate greed, which, as Alpaca would usually say, is good for the player. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe this last one is fine, but... <sighs> we won't see the full uh, results of this until May 23rd. Yeah, so, we'll see. We'll, we'll be keeping up with this Activision sort Blizzard Saga, and you know we will be reporting on this when that time comes. Without a doubt, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, on to Oculus. Yes. Or Meta, I guess. Yeah, because they officially changed the naming of Oculus Quest to Meta Quest. The Meta Oculus Quest 2 or 3, I don't fucking know. It's 2 still. Son of a bitch. They really need to upgrade. Not really. Anyways. Well, actually, to be fair, I mean, I did buy an Oculus Quest 1. Before, you know, the two got right before the two got announced. Are they um discontinuing any support for it? Or is this still a thing? Yeah, I should be able to get updates for it, so it's fine, but No, that's good then. Yeah, but some of these games that they're going to show later on are likely gonna be for the two, so there we go. Yeah. Which um hand tracking API gets an upgrade. Yes, and once I'm able to refresh the page, then we will definitely talk about it. Oh yeah, there's a lot of uh, YouTube videos here, so that might be what's being a bit, you know. Maybe. Um, is this the one where you said that they were making it so you could, like, use your actual hands or something? Well, you've been able to for a while, but this is improving upon that. Oh, so it's like... Okay, so... The connect sort of thing was already there, right? Yeah, so you could already navigate menus and everything with your hands and whatnot with the headset. In fact, my headset even can do that. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. So they're going to 
make it even more accurate and easier to like calibrate perfectly, I guess, right? Correct. Not only calibrate, but they're improving its accuracy and giving yeah. it more functionality. Like games can add the ability to high five and stuff like that. You know, that's pretty cool, actually, like that. So you don't even need a controller for the menus, right? Correct, yeah. So I got the article over awesome. here, and you can see, we envision a future where your hands are able to move as naturally and intuitively in the metaverse as they do in real life. Yes. What are um, your other favorite uh, terms? Nope, nope. Fuck this. No. <laughs> you had to say the big no-no. <laughs> I, 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 I'm fucking leaving, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here, I'll be over here and Slender Man T posing in a in a uh, strip club red sort of bathe light can just stand there and take my place. You can probably see my ass bulging out the corner, but that's OK. Actually, no, I can't. But that's you... good. Uh... I mean, do you want to? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Over the past few years, we made major strides making that a virtual reality. Beginning with the introduction of hand tracking quest in 2019. So this has been a feature for three years. And they're actually unlocking major improvements to our hand tracking API. Present platforms hand tracking capability, including step change improvements in tracking continuity, gesture support, movement, and performance. This update also allows fast and overlapping hand movements, enable clapping and other hand overhand interactions, and opens up nearly endless object manipulation possibilities. So, like, you could grab a torch off a shelf easier with your hand. Oh, okay. I see. Also, if you've already built hand tracking into your apps, you don't need to change any API calls. So you could just change development. And you could see like the various videos and like what they've been able to do here. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I'm not going to go through everything on here. But based off what you see, I mean, this is a pretty impressive improvement to, you know, high five people improve the ability to grab objects. Yeah, I mean, it's okay, I guess. I, I like it. Um, I, you know, I'd, I'd love to see for a day, you know, actually, let me get closer to the mic. Uh, let me just, like, uh... Alright. Fuck off, Slender Man. I mean, you're safe to come out in the light. I'm not gonna say that word for a while. Oh, that's good. Um, anyways, back to normalcy. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't mind it. It's pretty cool. I, I like the idea of Connect 3.0. And I don't know why you're laughing, but I can only assume that I didn't see something out of the corner of my eye that I should have. But thankfully, I didn't, so I don't have... Okay, good. Good. Um, I mean, do you want me to aim my camera towards the the action section of my desk? I want you to aim it toward. <laughs> I 
Um. <laughs> hi there, mister. <laughs> I mean, you should be safe to come out. Because I'm not going to say another word. I mean, the main word for a while. I mean, you just have to see my action section. So, anyways. Back to talking about meta. Yeah, back to talking about, uh this uh so i like the idea of the connect the the connect was um just as because it uses because it's a similar um uh end to what the means is because this isn't a connect but this is similar to how connect works to the end user um you you know hand gestures and stuff i like the idea of the connect i've never been able to actually truly use it but I feel like the idea of it is revolutionary um, in the sense that... I used to have the 360. Awesome. Um, have you ever tried it? And how good was it for you? Like, was it mind-blowing in a sense? It was pretty interesting at the time. I mean, there, there was an interesting little boxing game I remember when I played on it, and that was actually really enjoyable. I see. Um, but I feel like... If if the Connect wasn't a bit of a failure in a sense, because I feel like the Connect, you know, now it's been relegated to a TV sort of company called Sky something, and um, I just I love the idea of it because it's like being able to, um, being able to f have a thing physically see you and be able to track your movements in the sense of being able to interact with the actual environment in a game like of course you won't have that tangible sense of touch except for maybe like a wrist strap on your hand that vibrates i guess but uh, i don't know i still like the idea of it i just um i'd love to see it developed further hell i think i saw an advertisement they had this full body suit that had a way of making you feel the game through vibrations, pulses, and little tiny pistons that made you feel touch, I guess. Made you feel the force of the in-game object. Um, and I love that. It would be so freaking cool to experience that because you could do so many things with it. I know some people are really, um, really uh, horny, I guess. And I am too sometimes, but... I'm thinking more like being able to feel a rock wall and climbing it sort of stuff. And yes, feeling the touch of somebody, I guess, is fine. But actually being able to <laughs> being able to feel the tactileness of a keyboard in a game, except you're playing it in real life, but you're not. And actually having the feeling of, um, you know, patting somebody on the back and hugging them and... And um, feeling the sensation of water dripping down your your neck, and um, I, I'm going off the, the fucking rails, anyways. Um, so I mean, if it's you know getting the sense, I mean, of virtual avatars from you know VR chat, not only VR chat, rubber duck chat, shit, not I only rubber duck chat. Um, I'm just, maybe I should say the word. Screw it. Yes, I know, from the Meaver, uh, Meta, me Metamucil, uh, whatever, um. Metaverse. Ugh. 
So, therefore, if if there was a Felix from RE0 in the metaverse, and you felt that person's, you know, presence using... I know what you're getting at. I, I know what you're getting at, and... <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to it because it would be very revolutionary. <laughs> well, what's well speaking of revolutionary, let's go talk about some experiences. They say it's revolutionary. Sorry. So they showed off Ghostbusters VR. What? Oh. <laughs> 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 Fucking ghost. The fucking Ghostbuster thing. <laughs> oh, that's fucking... That's fucking great. He looks like a minion. Mm. Right, so there's that. And that was part of their last surprise of the presentation. So this was actually a MetaQuest Gaming so Showcase, by the way. And this is the part of their last surprise. Is Bill Murray in it? I know he hates Ghostbusters and he loves it at the same time. Mm. Doesn't exactly say who the actors are. Mark Zuckerberg. Um, let's just move on. Uh, also hi, it's me, Mark. There's oh, hi, Mark. There's also I'm the done. Walking Dead. There's also the Walking Dead, Satan Sitters Chapter Two, and that's been something. I don't know what this game is. I have not played it, so we're gonna move on from there. There's also um, Bone Lab, which is actually a sequel to Boneworks. Ooh. So, I know someone who'd probably be enjoying this one. Uh, I guess so. Anyways, oh, and there'll also be mod support. Huh. So, if you, if you, oh, built for both Quest 2 and PC VR. So, yeah, if you get a VR headset, you can actually play this. That's pretty nice. Yeah, and like I said, there's mod support. You can get custom weapons and maps and avatars so yes hmm. us two can mod Hatsune Miku into this game and have lots of fun yeah that's that's pretty neat isn't it it is um we also have the NFL pro era and apparently it's a licensed NFL VR game so good for football fans I'm gonna skip that one this is the oh, one yeah. that the and two of us are going to keep joking about. Um, this was premiered at the Game Awards last year. And they hit us with news that it's going to be out by the end of 2022. Yep. Um, Among Us VR. It looks like Bully's Basics, but... Uh, like, uh, but with less, with, with more heart to it, I, I guess. Mean, look at it. I mean, one of us could carry a knife and be like that drone that we witnessed in one of the older episodes. Um, yeah, we could, I guess. Um, as you can see on the right hand side of the thumbnail there, uh, dismembered Among Us VR avatars. Fun. Anyways, you know what's great about this trailer, though? It has 69 dislikes. That's nice. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Red uh, Matter 2. Oh, what's Red Matter? 
Uh, probably t escaped a testicular red matter, and but you haven't stopped it, and apparently it's going to take you across the solar system. Oh, that's pretty fucking cool. It looks like a, a mix of Borderlands with, um, like, the personality and art style of it with a bit more, um, uh, I don't know, it looks a bit more like Bioshock, like a mix of them. Alright, so if you can get yourself hands on a Quest 2, they're actually not that bad, though. You can probably get one for, like, 250 if you go to, like, Walmart or something like that. I'll see about it. I like two ninety nine, actually, I believe it is. Yeah, it's probably. I wouldn't mind, you know. I actually like the idea of it, though. It's a hundred dollars more if you want like four times the storage, which I'd recommend going for that one. Nah, I guess so. But I, if you if you're gonna use it for mostly for PC, not a bad way to look at it. Oh yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, there's Aspire two. Okay. This is apparently a mission where if you choose sex is accept it is ultimately to locate and stop the launch of an untraceable supersonic missile and you wield gadgets and guns and shit. Again, I don't your, know this game, but your mission should you choose to accept it. Where have I heard that from before? I don't know. But anyways, uh, there's also Moss Book 2. I probably remember this is a platformer game. Okay. The first one at least was, so that's interesting. And they have Ruins M Magus. And you can see it's a, JR a VR JRPG. How is that going to work? Uh, a 3D game. RPG though. I don't know. Hmm. And then Cities VR. This is Cities Skyline. But in VR. Oh, hey. That's pretty nice. I hope it runs good. I hope so too. That actually is a really cool concept. It I like it. A VR really city do. builder. Yeah, I like this too. I agree with you. It it'd be like having it'd be like having unlimited space, and you can you have unlimited resources, unlimited money, and you can order all of the diorama shit you want, but it's all digital. I'd love that. It's like, and you could be Godzilla too, I guess, or something. Yeah. I don't know. That'd be a cool mod. Somebody do that. Yep. And there's also Beat Saber electronic mixed tape and. There are mentioning that there's going to be from artists such as Denmaw and Marshmallow, Pendulum, and more. So it's just an electronic mixtape. So cool electronic music. I have to play some more Beat Saber. I had a lot of fun with that game on my quest. I wouldn't mind it. And they also, well, I think one that might interest you a little bit is Resident Evil 4 The Mercenaries. Um, actually, no, it doesn't. Because I found out that they, um... I might get some heat from this, but that's fine by me because they ruined Leon's personality in this game. Uh, you know, in this game, Leon flirts with Hunnigan, who's the uh, comms operator. Um, and they made him like not they like they cut out him flirting with her. 
and I don't know why. It, because the VR version or the original game? I heard the original. Only on Oculus Quest Two. So they literally censored f flirting. But I can go in there in real life, or not in real life, <laughs> in the game, and watch a Ganados get its head blown off. Resident Evil Four in real life. And I can like climb the top of a gigante, El Gigante, and slice its like tentacle thing on the back of it off and watch it like die i guess right. no i can i can run into a regenerator on the island in real life in a sense and that's the scariest shit ever but i'm not mature enough to say hey hunnigan no glasses well anyways Enough about that. We have to talk about how this multiplayer mode is being introduced to the VR version. And if I take out make it out as possible before time expires, and there's going to be leaderboards and stuff. Wait, it's it's multiplayer? I don't know, but it looks like it's a, there's leaderboards on it, 20 new challenges, and whatever you unlock uh -oh. in this mode, you could bring to the main campaign. Oh, I see. Um, oh, I like that they're adding unlocks to it, but I'm still not going to play it because of that. Um, because of, you know, that. I mean, overall, though, I mean, this is a pretty solid showcase for VR fans. I mean, I haven't... I need to get back into actually playing VR because some of the stuff I have for it is actually pretty fascinating to play, especially Beat Saber because I really like that game. Oh, yeah, definitely. And once I get a like, more capable PC, oh, you know, I am definitely going to have to get the PC version. I can mod all sorts of cool songs. Mm-hmm. But we have a certain executive that's still trying his damnedest to take over Twitter. And, yep. And ladies and gentlemen, we have three articles here regarding the topic and this is that must twitter takeover officially underway as a new complex plan revealed after a cryptic tweet and apparently it's gonna his counteroffensive to twitter may launch in less than two two weeks time according to recent reports so back in the last episode which we did talk about this twitter adopted what they called a what we would call a poison pill policy. It's even highlighted here. And the idea is that Twitter's going to increase the amount of shares that they're going to allow other, you know, shareholders in the company to scoop up. And the hope that it would actually help devalue the company for the, whoever's trying to hostile takeover. And now we could see that Musk is looking to circumvent this effort by teaming up with additional investors. And on Tuesday, according to the New York Post, Musk and his potential co-investors will be planning to launch a tender offer for Twitter in 10 days or so. And so this investor team will be a complex deal that raises debt against both the company and possibly Musk's own stock. And yeah, so essentially what they're trying to do is that with the team... They're going to say that the co-investors will, will combined have more equity than Musk, but he will be the biggest single holder. 
So that way Musk will essentially still be able to rule Twitter. And Slenderman, shut up, we're reading something. He knows when he's needed. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, Musk may also try to partner with investors, including Oracle Corp, giving that its chief executive, Larry Ellison, is on Tesla's board, along with a group of private equity firms, including Toma Bravo, Bloomberg Intelligence Analyst Mandeep Singh, and Ashley Kim. So, yeah, he's going to... He's, and you can see this tweet right here. Love me tender. That's the tweet right there. You have to scroll down quite a bit to see it. Um. Okay. Uh. Give me one second. Um, it's on the Independent article, right? No, it's a Western Journal article. Of course. Um, I, I try to organize it so I read first to last. I see. Um, because the Independent article we're gonna get to in a few seconds. Cause it's actually a very short article. Yeah. Um. But. <laughs> So you have to go to the Western Journal article. No, no, I see it. I see it. Um, interesting. And according um, to Wikipedia, a tender offer invites shareholders to sell their shares for a specified price within a particular window of time. The price offered is usually at a premium to the market price and is often contingent upon a minimum or a maximum number of shares sold. So essentially, what he's going to try and do is sum this all up he's going to gather a group of investors including someone in his own tesla's board and with this in mind what he's going to do is he's going to try and buy up the shares at a premium from current shareholders in the company this is all plot Okay. Additionally, now we get to move on to the independent article, which states that Ron DeSantis threatens to punish Twitter for blocking Elon Musk takeover. And this is actually the governor of Florida. So he has Florida men on his side. I bet he does. And he mentions, we're going to be looking at ways the state of Florida potentially can be holding these Twitter board of directors accountable for breaching their fiduciary duty. The state of Florida and our pension system, we have shares of Twitter. I didn't buy it. We have people that run the fund. But nonetheless, it hasn't exactly been great on returns on investment. It has been pretty stagnant for many, many years. To me, I think that is probably an injury to the fund. So it looks like yeah, he seems like he is fully on Musk's side. He probably would be one of the people that Musk would be willing to bring on in this investment pool. Which, by the way, now we can move on to the last article of the bunch. That Elon secures funds for possible Twitter tender offer. And as you can see here, Elon Musk has been exploring the possibility of launching a tender off of Twitter, and he secured $46.5 billion in funding to help finance the deal. 
It comes after the Tesla CEO offered to buy Twitter last week for $54.20 a share, or $43 billion in total. So in other words, he increased the amount of money he's willing to buy up Twitter. Uh-huh. And he and it also mentioned what a tender offer is. And then Musk hinted at this on Tuesday morning by tweeting, Blank is the Night, referring to American author F. Scott Fitzgerald's 1934 novel, Tender is the Night. Now, if you don't know who F. Scott Fitzgerald is, he also wrote the book, The Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, pretty much... What do you think of Elon Musk's retaliation against Twitter for implementing a poison bill? Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm unfortunately not very um equipped to talk about this a whole thing other than... Uh, I don't know. All I can really add to it is just money talks and bullshit walks as usual. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, this is just to me showing that Elon Musk is very determined for this vision of his to create a free speech society where I would imagine a good suck of conservatives who felt left out of most social media are probably going to start flocking to this because Elon Musk doesn't want to censor many people. Yeah. We might see the rot, the return of Trump's social of Twitter account again, which, whew, that'll be a whole mess in its own right. Well, you see, the thing is, though, is that um, if this is the case, then you got DeSantis supporting this, and isn't he the one who was like... The one who wrote the Don't Say Gay bill. Isn't that kind of blocking free speech in a sense? Or blocking that right. in a sense? I, I don't know. I know we mentioned we saw an article what, 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 last week that Elon Musk also has controversial takes on this sort of stuff too. But even then, like, I feel like this is going to open a conservative floodgate to come to Twitter. This might... I see. This could mean that... Don't get it wrong, a lot of social media is definitely, you know, left-leaning. I'm not going to say all of it, but you could kind of tell that they lean more towards a slightly left-leaning. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I do think, personally, that most social media is more left-leaning. Like, even when you go on, like, Facebook, for instance. Uh -huh. Notice how, like, if you go on Facebook... There's a good amount of right-leaning people. Yeah. Who will always be like, yeah, it's not a fun time. Mostly, especially because all the Facebook, a good chunk of the user base, are all people who clug on to the trend of social media after. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the young generations that move on to like Snapchat or Instagram or TikTok. Yeah. I'm not saying this is true for everything, but typically a lot of the older generations are more conservative. So you still have a lot of young people still, or a lot of like still quite a bit of left leaning you know, people on there. 
it's obviously bound to happen. But I notice when I read some of the comments on there, they're definitely a good bit conservative. And there's nothing wrong with being conservative. But when you yeah, know something, you know, rather extreme, that becomes problematic and defined of information. Mm-hmm. And then you lead to conspiracy theorists, and then you get to Alex Jones, and then you get to etc. Yeah. But with this potential Twitter deal, this could mean that a lot of this stuff eventually comes freed up again to mm-hmm. another platform. Yeah. Which, could that be problematic? I don't know. But provided that Elon Musk actually doesn't ban opposing thoughts, then maybe this could work. But when you see like a free speech alternative, it usually means, yeah, free speech to say whatever I want to say, and if you break whatever I say, they get out. Yeah, I hear you. So, we'll see. I mean, hopefully Elon Musk, if he does take over Twitter, can make sure that, you know, he actually holds to this promise and not ban many people unless it's absolute extreme hate. Of course, yeah. But we'll see. But also, though, um, let's move on to Google actually trying to block third-party call recording apps. Yeah, one thing it's just like about that previous thing is like there's always going to be some sort of bias with something, I swear, you know? Yeah. Nothing's ever 100%, I guess, libertarian, I guess, in a sense. Like, very uh, do whatever the fuck you want. Just don't tread on my my rights i guess yeah there, there are gonna be there's gonna be biases right let's just get on to this topic now yeah and as you can see google will block all third-party call recording apps on play storage from may 11th and pretty much what goes down to is that according to some changes to the google play policy initially spotted over on reddit by user unll apps this means that there will be further restrictions placed upon access to the accessibility API by developers. Pretty much what happens that this has actually been used as a workaround to enable remote call rec- audio recording. But Google will now not allow apps on the Play Store to use the accessibility service on from May 11th. And they cleared up any confusion about this policy change in a recent developer webinar. And pretty much what this is saying is... If you're using a third-party app, no, you can't do this anymore. But if you have like a default dialer like Google Phone, Me Dialer, and other that have native call recording functionality built into specific devices, then it's okay. If this makes any sense. Yeah. Um. I mean, could this potentially be a sign of you know, because there probably are apps that are specifically designed to record audio calls. Obviously, that's what the name of the app describes. Yeah. And the thing is, is that as we can see from the change, this means that change user settings without their permissions or prevent the ability for users to disable or install any app or service unless authorized by a parent or guardian through parental control app or by 
authorized administrators through enterprise management software or work around Android built-in privacy controls. So pretty much what this means is that they could use these apps essentially record calls without the other person's permission. Okay, which is very great depending on the state and hell, even the country you're in, so... Yeah, yeah. like, imagine if, for instance, like, you and I were calling, right? Yeah. And because of the permission on the apps and everything like that, I could technically be recording a call without your permission to do so. Okay, so this Discord call, for instance. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'll you didn't say, of of oh yeah, obviously you disclosed. Matter of fact, how the fuck would I be <laughs> acting like this if you know we're right now we're recording, of course. Um, but for example, that and um, uh, let's see, Nimiku Duck. Okay, then. Um, anyways, uh. <sighs> Sorry, I went silent. Um, just a certain something um, appeared on the screen that shouldn't have. Um, luckily, it wasn't any, uh, you know, bad pop-ups. It was just a uh, physical object that came through the computer screen at lightning speeds, otherwise known as Hatsune Miku Duck. Oh, wait, no, the Roadrunner, remember? What the fuck? Anyways, <laughs> um, well, I mean, in my opinion on this, do you want, uh, it's whatever, I guess it's legally gray, depending on where you are in the world and morally, I'm not sure because honestly, whatever comes out of your mouth, you know, you know how like alcohol reveals the true you? Well, if you're not like on camera and you're saying things that are this or that, your opinion of that, this or that, something, obviously some people are more, um, more on the ways of, I'm not going to say something that would be a bit controversial, um, on camera, this or that, or maybe they don't give a, give a damn. Um, that's kind of how I see this is that if you, if somebody's recording without your permission and you're saying something that could potentially and then they use that against you I understand where that legally kind of it's kind of like wow and morally it's a bit you know but it depends because what if you're saying something hateful I don't know I, isn't this like um isn't this like a feature on a lot of dialer apps though already so it is yeah but i think in this case they will actually notify the person oh okay they're being recorded i see all right so well it, it mentions hmm. here remote in this context refers to call audio recording where the person on the other end is unaware of the recording is taking place okay the app is the default dialer on the phone and it also preloaded Accessibility cap capability is not required to get access to the incoming audio system, hence would not be in violation. Yeah, I see. All right. 
Huh, I mean... However, though, we... I mean, hey, speaking of cell phone carriers, I mean, at least it's not a hack like what Lapsus did. Yeah. And, uh... For the five, pe for the five people in Nebraska... This one's for you. And, I mean... I use T-Mobile, so this slightly affects me, maybe. But anyways, so as you can see here, Lapsus Hacking Group stole T-Mobile source code in a series of breaches that took place in March. T-Mobile confirmed the attack in a statement to The Verge and said the system accessed contained no customer or government information or other similarly sensitive information. Thank God. Oh, yeah. But... What I'm afraid of is hearing this is what if they use that source code to find a snake through uh, all the, um, you know, to, to eventually reach uh, customer data and stuff, I guess. Right. Or government data. That's kind of fucking scary, too. Not going to lie. And also in copies of private messages obtained by curbs. Krebs, the Lapsus hacking group discussed targeting T-Mobile in the week prior to the arrest of seven of its teenage members. At the purchasing employees' credentials online, the members could use the company's internal tools like Atlas, T-Mobile's customer management system, to perform SIM swaps. This type of attack involves hijacking a target's mobile phone by transferring its number to a device owned by the attacker. From there, the attacker can obtain texts or calls received by that person's phone number including any messages sent for multi-factor authentication. Ouch. Yeah, that would really fuck with uh, 2FA. You can't use your number anymore at that point. Hey, but it'd be great to know if your ex is cheating on you, or not ex, because right. then they would be the ex if they were, but I don't know. <laughs> Also, you can see here that according to the screenshot of messages posted by Krebs, Lapsus hackers also attempted to crack into the FBI and Department of Defense's T-Mobile accounts. They ultimately unable to do so. Additional verification registry required. So essentially, this is good news. That the security of the FBI accounts was so strong. That they could actually, you know, not be able to penetrate the FBI's and Federal Department of Defense's team mobile accounts. Alright then. Well, that's good, I guess. Yeah, so... Don't worry about, um, you know, we don't have to worry about that then. Yep. And it's as, not for now. <laughs> yeah, as they also mentioned too, several weeks ago, our monitoring tool detected bad actor using stolen credentials to access internal systems that have operational tool software. Our systems and processes were designed, the attrition was rapidly shut down and closed off, and the compromised credentials used were rendered obsolete. This is great news that, hey, there's this major hacking group that's been causing so many problems, especially to Microsoft and Okta, which we talked about a while ago. Yeah. You know, this never amounted to anything major. So, thank you, you know, T-Mobile for having good security. Our two people in Nebraska that are watching this show are probably extremely happy. You know, their T-Mobile coverage did not get hacked. 
I'm glad I didn't have any, I'm glad I didn't have any coverage out in the country, No. <laughs> Anyways. Yes, um, but also, well, the thing is, is that also a T-Mobile, they have a benefit for Netflix. Netflix on us. You get free Netflix if you're a T-Mobile subscriber. But don't share any more accounts, bitches. No, I'm just kidding. Well, the thing is, is that actually uh, Netflix lost subscribers. Yay, I guess. I what you think. But anyways, so Netflix may have benefited from the COVID-19 pandemic, but it's not blaming its latest trouble on people leaving their homes. The company has revealed that it lost about 200 subscribers in the first quarter of 2022. A sharp contract for the millions of additions per quarter over the past year. However, they say that the pandemic already obscured the picture, and there were multiple problems under the surface. First of which was stiffer competition, and also limited room to expand in many countries due to technology factors outside of its control, such as smart TV adoption and data prices, and the abundance of account sharing. Well, where did we hear about account sharing before? Hmm. Uh, something about trying to introduce a way to monetize that? Oh, uh, yeah. But only to certain countries that, you know, I think it was like uh, South America and like, I think, wasn't it like Spain or someplace near Spain? I don't remember, but I do. No, Bulgaria, I think. Right. Yeah, I think so. I forgot. But, well, we, but you can always yeah. go back to that episode too and take a look for yourself if you forgot. Or, well, you have the magic of me sharing all your sort, all the source with you. Go back through some of the PDFs. Yeah. But anyways, another factor was also the decision to halt service in Russia. Oh. According to this, it would have added five hundred additional customers, but ultimately lost seven hundred thousand after dropping Russia base in response to the invasion in. Well, controversial land. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, that's, uh, I don't know. Apparently, Netflix has outlined multiple efforts to turn things around. It's just improving quality of its shows. I mean, provided you're not the animation department that's getting almost uh, a lot of, you know, Dropped funding. Mm -hmm. um, profit from sharing, which we talked about that earlier. And produce more content to audiences outside the United States where growth was stronger. And yeah. Whew. And also, with that said, Netflix is clearly under no illusion that mobile games and minor feature editions will be enough to spark new interest by themselves. So yeah, I think the potential of mobile games, if they do this right, could potentially give them some more revenue. I mean, we've talked about how they've acquired a stu gaming studio into their fold to make games for them. So. I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, but keep in mind, though, too, that what might help them, too, is also that Netflix is planning to offer cheaper ad-supported subscription tiers. And this was also revealed in that earnings haul, which 
Yep. So as you can see, the ad the ad support to memberships will be added as tiers, and members who don't mind paying full subscription fees don't have to be subject to advertisements. And they mentioned how who it worked for Disney, Hulu, and HBO. And hey, if it worked for them, why not try it ourselves? I guess so. But yeah, back to everything with Netflix. What do you think of you know them losing subscriber count? And um, well, I think it's it might be the lack of interesting content that's exclusive to that, and the fact that a lot of uh, well, not the same content. You know, um, I recently wanted to get into Stranger Things because. I thought the concept of it was interesting, yet I did I had no idea what it was about. Um, so, I mean, I think the lack of compelling content, I guess, like they don't have as many exclusive things that are worth subscribing for, worth experiencing because of it, I guess. Um, and I think the lack of, um, so I think the lack of uh, exclusive content, the fact that they're charging so much more when, yeah, I mean, actually you can kind of get like uh, content to watch that's for free. You can watch, I don't know, YouTube even, like maybe even YouTube is impacting Netflix because there's YouTube that you can get a bunch of free content that's supported by ads. Or YouTube Premium, which I have YouTube Premium. That. Or maybe it's the fact that you can get a lot of paid content that is still worthwhile. Um, or like... Like, for instance... What's up? Or like the article mentions, you could just get, like, Disney+, Plus, HBO Max, Pad Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, get a smart TV that has a built-in thing and um, or just get a fire stick or something from Amazon and you got Amazon that has Hulu and Disney Plus and Paramount and a few other things. You got so much more value in a Prime subscription even though it went up to 15, which I actually just got hit by. Um, and I was like, "Wait, why is it 50? Why is it 14.99 now? What the hell?" <laughs> yeah, and also like Prime Video too. So that's another one to consider. But yeah, yeah I think that Prime Video itself is fine too. And that's the thing I think that making this whole situation interesting. You have multiple, you know, multiple other subscription services. You have them losing out on Russia because they wanted to be, you know, pro Ukraine, which we are in support of that too. Just so everyone knows. Mm-hmm. But. The fact that they did decide to knock out Russia, which is a fairly decent market for them, even though it's not a majority, but a fact that it's a decent market kind of hurts. Yeah. And which, that everyone's I mean, home, you know, or using like one TV, so there's not much reason to have multiple accounts. Yeah. Kind of shows quite a number of things. But yeah, overall, I mean, I mean, I don't really watch Netflix. I mean, I have the ability to get free Netflix because of T-Mobile. But even then, like, I probably would check it out for the Cuphead show. <laughs> yeah. And maybe Sonic Prime, but that's about it. Um, and um, another thing is, like, uh, what was it? I was going to say something about it, but um, 
I just feel like Netflix, uh, Netflix, what the fuck am I saying? I feel like Netflix is kind of turning into Blockbuster in a sense. Because, like, they're not evolving with the times. They're just charging more, and they have less of a value to them nowadays. And they're less convenient because of the... We're not, you know, throwing in... We're not allowing you to share accounts anymore. We're not allowing you to do this or that. I feel like they're just not getting with the times. I think the thing, too, is keep in mind, Netflix, there was a time in which you could just watch everything on Netflix. Everything. And then what happened was one day, a lot of stream companies were like, hey, let's not put things on Netflix, create our own streaming services, they call it a day. And then a lot of things flocked off of Netflix. Yeah, and isn't there the whole thing with, like, VPN stuff where you have to use it to watch certain things in different yep. countries? So, obviously, the stuff that's being um, uh, geographically locked, I think, is, yeah, one, it's anti-consumer, in my opinion, but I also think that might be hurting Netflix, too, because... Yeah. <sighs> I agree with you on that one, but... I think we have a couple more topics to talk about, one of which we get to bring shouldn't K-pop. be a thing. <laughs> we get to bring K-pop into this episode. Yeah. Um thanks um you know th- thanks Apple. Um and you know what is even worse about this article that I just realized? This entire article is just a bunch of puns based on the, um, you know, based on their songs. Um, like, uh, we got some brilliance, as in, um, <clears throat> if you look at the very end, those who work hard enough to shed some blood, sweat, and tears. Okay, hopefully, no blood. Uh, you'll have to be on. Oh, shit, my headphone fell out. Um,. Which, by the way, is the perfect date for a spring day. The last one is great for hip-hop lovers. If BTS is your idol, this news is probably dope or fire. So stay tuned. And if BTS or dance is not your thing, then life goes on. Which, I actually clicked on this. I thought it was going to be Little Diddy about Jack and Diane. And then I clicked on it. It was a BTS video. I was like, God fucking damn it. I got clip clickbait. Yep, so <sighs> ladies fucking gentlemen. melon camp. So get ready for a dynamite workout. Apple has a few updates for Fitness Plus timed with International Dance Day. And that's coming up on April 29th, so pretty soon you're gonna get BTS dancing next week on Apple Fitness Plus. That's all we have to say about it. Let's move on. <laughs> and also, it's going to get plays from ABBA and Queen. And for But they're going to be BTS covers? I don't think so. Thank God. <laughs> but every Monday over the next four weeks, there'll be new workouts featuring each artist across categories like strength, hit, treadmill, cycling, yoga, Pilates, and dancing. You can dance. You can dance. And there will be sessions led by trader John Gonzalez, set to jobs like Cumbia, Tango, and Indian Pop. 
T-Series would be delighted. Oh, that's pretty cool. I actually like Indian pop, which is fucking strange, but I don't mind it. <laughs> yep, and there'll be, yep. And so, yeah, I mean, it's got some various artists, but the main highlight of this article was the fact that BTS could be part of this, and Alpaca's going to be very happy because K-pop is in the service. Oh, shut. <laughs> this is why... Shut. <laughs> Yeah, this is why Outback. <laughs> I will close the toilet lid on you. You goddamn frog infesting my toilets. I only have one, though, so I don't know where the other one is. Maybe out in the woods. I don't know. Do you want me to put chemicals in the water? Just kidding. You're a fucking horrible human being. <laughs> Not really, but... Um, um, I mean, at least you don't believe that bullshit, so maybe you're less of a horrible... Never mind. <laughs> no, I don't believe that putting chemicals in the water will make certain amphibious creatures... Not heterosexual. Did you know that cats can... Actually, I shouldn't share that. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> meow, meow, favorites! Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, Anyways. I mean, who knows? Maybe if we get see Apple add more BTS songs in the service, we'll have to keep in touch with this, so this will be a fun time. <laughs> yeah, definitely, and I'm gonna buy a Google smartwatch from now on. <laughs> oh yeah, the Pixel Watch that also got announced. Well, not announced, but rumored. Yeah, hopefully. And it won't come with this app, thankfully. I uh, hope not. Anyways, uh, uh, speaking of Google, by the way. Yes, we have one more topic here to go. And this is the fact that Google is partnering with the United States Department of State for heritage sites. So essentially what they're doing here, which I think is pretty cool at least, is... Oh, yeah. They added 1,100 ambassadors fund projects in over 113 countries around the world. And the United States Department of State is making it easier for people to explore cultural heritage sites from around the world thanks to a partnership with Google Arts and Culture. Announced as part of World Heritage Day, the dedicated, dedicated section will let people virtually explore heritage sites from 1,100 ambassadors fund projects over 130 countries around the world. As says, cultural heritage sites and traditions are, are a point of pride for people the world over, but they also require care and vigilance, wrote U.S. Department of State Lee Satterfield. That's why the State Department's Cultural Heritage Center works with governments and organizations to preserve and protect cultural heritage uh, from both natural and man-made threats through the U.S. Ambassador's Fund for Culture Preservation. And a couple cool things I mean while you can't necessarily see the tweet directly this is the actual tweet right here and you can click the link here and it'll take you to this website mm -hmm. and what this is is you get to view a bunch of different images from you know all sorts of different stuff. It's actually kind of interesting to take a look at. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, 
you know, even though things come and go, you know, and nations come and go, I think the preservation of civilizations, cultures, like, even though, like, especially since America is a multicultural place, maybe that's why I'm a bit biased towards this, but I feel like, um, the idea of a, um, you know, uh, of like way back when, you know, like uh, what I'm thinking about is, is like, I don't know. I was playing like, uh, I actually tried Far Cry Pr Primal, um, because before it killed my computer and well, actually all it did was I, I launched it and then my computer went to a blank screen and it shut off my GPU. So that happened, but I redownloaded it and everything was fine. And I was like looking at the culture of the Wenja and the Udom, that there are different tribes throughout the game. There's like a Sun tribe. Um, and think of their cultures versus our cultures. And it's like, even though this is a fake game, and actually, even the the newer Far Cries, or the not not newer, the other Far Cries, like these other places are fake versions of different, uh, you know, nations, and uh, you know, just exploring these places is almost like exploring that culture in a sense for me, at least. That's why I like the Far Cry games, even though they're a bit, uh, you know uninspired sometimes um when it comes to like well far cry 6 i didn't like too much but i also did but not really <laughs> anyways um i just like the ability to um peer back at something that is so foreign to me but not in a terribly like bad way but seeing something that's different but like um like you know how like uh uh like you look at mythologies and stuff you know and these used to be actual gods and goddesses and deities and stuff and religions these actually used to be religions but now they're mythology because nobody really believes in them right so like and then you look at the actual like culture of the greek way back then you know and it's i don't know for me it's interesting because it's like it's history but it's um it's it, it really just contrasts are we so different from these many years ago yeah sure the means have changed but the faces the faces change but the minds don't in a sense you know right like what this essentially is is it's essentially preserving like modern cultures of these countries and making sure they're available for future generations and yeah. preserving these cultures is a very good thing and definitely is very for the player <laughs> yeah definitely very for um, the player we love to learn all these cultures by looking at some of these images here and honestly you two can go to this article in the description of the video we have a pdf we upload you can mm -hmm. go take a look at some of these sites here itself because this is actually all very fascinating stuff right here and we'd love yeah. to make sure people could see this
Oh yeah, I feel like I don't have the words to describe it, but it's I just that's what it is. It's all inspiring. It doesn't matter if you know there are things that you know you can't describe it. There's some things that are just so awe inspiring that you have no way of describing it. Yeah, without a doubt. And that's what this is. Mm -hmm. All right, and I think that will do it for our topics for the day. And we actually have a comment of the day from episode 30, which is the last episode we uploaded. And it's from Alex STK. And he says, nice, keep it up. I'm viewing this on my phone right now because I don't want to make my computer crash. <laughs> but anyways, we thank you so much for checking out the content. You know, it's people like you that makes us keep on going. Oh, yes, certainly. It's I I was like, wait, we actually got a comment. Oh, my God. You know, I, I like it, you know, um, and it was. You know, it, well, it wasn't really constructive as much as uh, an emoji. At least it was a, you know, nice content. Like we're actually doing something right in a sense, not just a pure meh sort of thing. That's what I approve of in my, you know. Um, thank you for the comment, though. I'm like, I'm not not trying to seem like, oh, well, you could have said, well, by the way, improve that. You know, I'm not, I'm not being like that. I'm just like. It's nice to see somebody saying something, you know, in the comments, even if it's a little thing. Oh, absolutely. And I approve of more comments, you know, criticism, and I, I am happy to see a comment finally and that we are doing something right here. Thank you, Alex. Um, I... Appreciate your comment. I know you appreciate his comment or her comment. Actually, Alex is a gender neutral name. Sorry. Uh, their comment. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and I don't know. I went big for a second there. I don't know why. <laughs> you might win uh, because, you know, it pleases the whole and that you had a. <laughs> Okay, maybe your soul is not pleased. It went big, huh? T-posing Slender Man. Anyways. Oh, shit, the mic went tiny. Oh, fuck, it's big! Oh, sorry. <laughs> Anyways. Yes, uh, so guys, if you like what you saw here today, uh, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe, or follow us, depending on where you're watching this. Also, make sure to check us out on the Godcat Discord, as well as the Hydroid 99 Reddit and the Hydroid 99 Twitter, all which will be in a link tree down below in the description of the video. I am Hydroid 99. And I'm Flufopaka of Fall Through. Yep. And we'll see everyone next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. What? What? <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> <laughs>